Well folks, here we are again, different location, Lockmourne, real favorite place of mine to come and to walk or run or cycle or whatever it might be. It's hard to believe that literally two days ago, uh, it was about three inches of snow and we were loving together as a family, walking and throwing snowballs at each other and seeing our dog run around. Just a real gem, great place just to celebrate as much as we possibly can during these difficult times. So it's these difficult times really that we're really talking about. We're talking about we'll get through this and we will get through this. We're on week four of this current series. We're looking at the life of Joseph, which you can find in the book of Genesis, starting chapter 37. So far over the last three weeks, we have looked at the fact that he had these incredible prophetic dreams as a teenager is 17 years of age he shares those his brothers hate him he's the apple of his father's eye and his brothers sell him off to a faraway land and he uh, becomes a slave he's uh, becomes servant to a very very powerful man called Potiphar and he's incredibly faithful there he holds on to the destiny that God has for him in the future he doesn't uh, retreat or go into the doldrums he actually uh, thrives through this experience rather than just surviving. These are just some of the things that we've talked about over the last number of weeks. In that place of servitude to this uh, powerful man, uh, he becomes uh, incredibly uh, respected by the, by the owner, by Potiphar, and he appoints him to higher ranks and he becomes the overall person in charge of his household. And the Lord uh, granted favour to him and favour to Potiphar and his household. And it granted so much favour that Potiphar's wife took a bit of an interesting, a bit of a liking. That's what we talked about last week and she, uh, she invited him to go to bed with her on many occasions. And despite his difficult circumstances, despite having lost everything, despite being in a foreign, faraway land, he didn't make what was already a difficult situation even worse by making an absolute headbanger of a mistake by going there. He chose to be faithful uh, and he walked, in fact, ran the other way. And it was actually his good, godly, faithful choice that actually led him into trouble. And that's what we're going to look at now. That's the next chapter, really, of the story. And uh, I need to be... Uh, kind of quite quick because I've 16% left on the battery and uh, I don't know if you've noticed but the sun is actually coming out it's absolutely amazing it's come over there can we maybe do a pan or a look at that there's a prophetic message surely the sun is bursting through the clouds I'm gonna end up wittering on about something ridiculous but it really leads us to the nitty-gritty really of what I want to share over the course of this uh, teaching series and that's simply Things that we've said time and time again, that often God does the, mo the deepest, most profound things in our lives, often through hardship, through pain, and through suffering. And it's because it tests us, it refines us, and it forces us to draw closer to the presence of God. And it's a real hallmark of what I believe God is doing in our lives at this time. I want to read some verses we pick up the story we're in Genesis chapter 39 beginning at verse 19 when his master heard the story uh, his wife told him so uh, she told a lie she told a spoof she said that Joseph in fact was the one who was making uh, making a pass at her and uh, he left 
his cloak behind. We, we know that in the preceding verses that that was not true. But she, that nonetheless, that's what she told him. This is how your, sla your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him, that's Joseph, and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. What do we know? Potiphar's wife was the unfaithful one. Joseph said no. He ran away from the temptation. She spins a line to Potiphar, who then believes it. No trial was given, no court case was had, and he is sent to prison on the false testimony of his wife. This indeed is unfair. This indeed is unjust, absolutely. One of life's big questions um, is why do bad things happen to good people? And uh, that's a real tricky one. And, and I'm not going to even attempt to answer that question directly, but there are some things, some principles that we'll learn um, during the course of what, I, what it is I want to share. And the first thing really is this, that ever since we pick up the story in Genesis chapter three, when evil enters into the world, we begin to see that Satan, the devil, the enemy has a degree of rule and reign uh, here on earth. And uh, Peter writes in his first letter that Satan prowls around like a roaring lion. And Jesus said in John, uh, in John's gospel, that the enemy, the thief, comes to rob, kill and destroy. And that ultimately, for centuries, the enemy is going after people, going out to ruin and wreck people's lives. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, those who are seeking the things of God, the enemy, will be coming hard and fast at us. However, it's at this point that we need to remind ourselves in Joseph's story, that what he says at the conclusion of it. And he says to his brothers, you intended this to harm me. What you did to me, brothers, all those years ago, you did it to harm me. But God intended it for good. And it was for the saving of many lives. And that was the conclusion that Joseph drew upon towards the end of the story. From an earthly point of view, the devil had Joseph where he wanted him, in jail, locked up, forgotten about, abandoned. The God-given destiny that the enemy knew of Joseph's future, he had him right where he wanted him. Cut out, cut off, abandoned, isolated. But God allowed it. And the question is why? Well, it's because of what God would do in Joseph during that time, during that trial, during that time of testing. Later in the scriptures, uh, many, many, many years ago, later it would be written about Joseph and it was written in one of the Psalms. Psalm 105 uh, verses 17, 19 says this, he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was a, sold as a slave, his feet they hurt with shackles. He was put in chains of iron until the time that his word, in brackets, of prophecy regarding his brothers came true. The word of the Lord tested and refined him. 
And that really is part of the process. That's part of why God allowed Joseph to, to suffer so greatly. It was a period of intense, intense testing and refining. And what the enemy intended to harm Joseph, God was using it to test and to train and to develop and to work deep, deep, deep in Joseph's soul. And it's really where he did the hard yards. This is the unseen miles before a marathon race. It's the bit that you don't see, but it's the stuff that's required to get across the line. This is the thousands of stomach crunches and work on a, a, on a bag that uh, fighters do before they enter the ring. This is the boot camp for military personnel who go on their basic training in the hope, in the intention of one day being a soldier. That's why if ever you watch that stuff, I love that program, SAS Who Dares Wins thing. And, and boy, they put them through their paces and they make them work and they test and push every single button. And it's all about testing and it's all about training to see whether someone has what it takes in order to fulfill something in the future. Now that's all of those different training kind of examples. But this for Joseph was the blood, sweat and tears. This was the isolation. This was the moment is, regardless of my circumstances that I find myself in, will I trust you? Will I hope in you? Will I stay faithful for what you've entrusted to me? And we see and we learn from those passages that we read about that Joseph remains incredibly faithful despite being where he is. This current time that we're living through is difficult. It is incredibly challenging. We've acknowledged that. It's costing us, sacrifices are being made, and we are finding it tough. Yes, we're praying for breakthrough. Yes, we're hopeful and anticipating, boy, this vaccine would hopefully bring us out of the woods and would be our get out of jail free card. But what is God doing in us during this time? It's a question we've asked many times. In many ways, it's no different. <laughs> um, but what is it? What's God's future destiny? What's the future dreams that he has for us? But what is it that he's doing in us now? What is the testing? What is the training that we're embarking on right now? James writes, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try and get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature. God had big plans for Joseph. His plans were to lead another nation, the nation of Egypt, through a difficult time of famine. Bigger than that and more importantly than that, God was preparing Joseph to save his family and God's chosen special people, Israel, and to save them and their future also. That was his destiny. And the prison and the being sold and the being mistreated was all part and parcel of what God was wanting to do in him. Uh, you may recall a, a time I did a, an interview with Dina Nimick. Dina's part of our church. And I, I remember catching up with Dina I'm guessing summertime at some point. It's when restrictions were easing, we were coming out of the first period of lockdown. I remember having this conversation with her and she 
she works alongside people who have physical needs and she would go and she leads a team of folks who who help basically put the right provision in place for for people who are often isolated people who uh, because of their uh, their condition uh, require the help of other people and are often uh, subject to time alone and I remember having this conversation with Dina and and she sort of said something along the lines of ah oh, this this period has been incredibly difficult but what it is doing is it's tra training other people that take so much for granted in life that that take things uh, just so so easy and and she was really really appreciating and trying to liken the the circumstances that many of us have found ourselves in periods of isolation in our own homes by ourselves quantifying that and trying to see that's what it's like for many people many in our society in our neighborhoods down the road and I remember her saying oh we've come out of this period maybe just a little bit too soon she, she sort of said something like Oh, just a bit longer, Lord. Just a bit longer, just so so it really hurts. And I was kind of thinking, what? What are you talking about? I want to get out and play. But I totally understood where she was coming from. It was like just a bit more, so that we, it would embed deep in us. It would it would be something that we have experienced, that we have gone through, something that we will therefore always learn and understand and appreciate about so many other people in life. Joseph went to prison unfairly, but there the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness, he granted him favour, especially in the eyes of the prison warden, who clearly is the one with the keys. He's the one who uh, holds the power and authority there. And the warden puts Joseph in charge of all the other inmates. I mean, it's totally nuts. I mean, how many prisons would operate like that? It's like, I'll give you the bunch of keys there and... I can trust you, you can look after those guys there and you know. And here we see in Joseph the same thing that happened when he went to Potiphar's house. He goes to Potiphar's house with nothing, but he's faithful. And Potiphar sees good in him and he sees that God is on him and is bringing him favour. So he gives him a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. And the same thing is happening in prison. He sees that the Lord's with him. He sees that he can be trusted. He sees that he can be faithful with a very small thing. And actually what God is doing in that moment is he's training him for the future. If Joseph can be trusted with a household of other servants, if Joseph can be trusted with other inmates who've done other crimes, not that he had done a crime to get there, but if Joseph can lead those people and be faithful to them, then he can lead a nation and he can lead another nation. And it comes down to the parable of the talents that we read about in Matthew's gospel. Those who are trusted with little, God gives more and gives more and gives more. And it would have been very easy for Joseph to have literally wallowed in his self-pity. And I'm not saying, it's not documented in the Bible, I am sure I would be hopeful that he had some pretty bad days. And he went through the mill himself. And sometimes, actually, it's a shame, maybe, that stuff's not documented. I'm not saying it is, but I suppose it, it were and did happen. We're 10% battery. I need a speed up. God has not forgotten us. He has not forsaken us. He has not abandoned us. 
He is not punishing us. He has not left us. <coughs> Excuse me. He knows what you're going through. He knows what we need. He understands how difficult and how painful this is. But he's inviting us, if we would allow him, to draw near to him at this time. He's inviting us to go beneath the surface, to, on a previous teaching, go there and allow him access to all areas, to say, God, what is it that you're doing in me during this time? Does he not have the power and authority to do so? Is he not the potter and we are the clay? Is he not the shepherd and we are the sheep? Is he not the gardener and we are the branches? And is he not the teacher and we are his students? This time is temporary. It will not last. There will come an end and we will get through this together. Instead of asking God to change your circumstances, how about we ask him to use these circumstances to change us? Joseph underwent hardship and training, and I believe that God is training and testing us during this time as well. I want to end by just simply saying, we're considering, we're pondering the future of what church life looks like, and, uh, and in many ways we don't know. <laughs> that instills great confidence, I'm sure. But in other ways we do, and we're really expectant, we're really hopeful, we're really prayerful that as we uh, enter, hopefully all being well, to a place where we'll be able to gather again together in the future, that there'll be faces that we've not yet met, that there'll be people's stories that we've not yet heard. There'll be relationships and friendships yet to be discovered because we believe and we trust and we're hopeful uh, that the Lord will add to our number. There are already many folks that through Zoom and through Alpha and through conversations and Facebook or whatever it is, there's connections being made um, to us. And I'm sure there are also many others as well gathered towards you who are listening. And we're really, really expectant and hopeful. But what if God is right now teaching and training you for kingdom, purposes in the future what is it that God's spoken to you about the dream that he has for you the vision that he's giving you for the future what might it look like what is it that God's inviting you to do but what is it that he's doing in you now to train you for the future what if God uses your mess to become his message to others let's pray together Let's just spend a moment just stilling our hearts and just inviting the Holy Spirit to just come again afresh to you. Just invite him, just welcome him. could be all manner of things racing through your minds right now and I just encourage you just to try and be still to still your 
scattered senses, your scattered mind, and just welcome him, beckon him. God, would you come to us again? You know what it is we need. And I just believe that God's just inviting us. He's inviting us to have relationship with him. He's inviting us to say yes to him. He's inviting us to trust him. whatever it is that he's inviting you to I'd encourage you just say yes stop fighting stop hiding stop running he has you where you are right now for a reason and just allow him to do what he's wanting to do. Amen. Folks, just continue just to allow him to do stuff with you now if that's what's happening. Don't rush away. Don't rush away from a holy moment. And again, invitation, prayer ministry. Uh, if you'd like someone to continue to pray with you right here, right now, go to our website, you'll find that out and or it might be that God's just inviting you to have a conversation with someone this week and again responsibilities over to you lift the phone go for a walk if you feel comfortable with that whatever it is do this together but do this with him we'll get through this have a great week <laughs>